The Sherman Speaks podcast is brought to you by Fitzgerald Financial Group, a division of Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138. Sherman Joseph, our host, is NMLS registered, NMLS number 188513. The contents of this podcast are for informational and educational purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Sherman Joseph and Fitzgerald Financial Group are equal housing lenders. This is not a commitment to lend. Enjoy. So welcome to uh, Sherman Speaks podcast. This week we have a, a Hispanic Heritage uh, Week uh, month, and uh, I am privileged and honored to have these three brilliant people on our panel this week. I am not going to say much because they have a lot more powerful uh, things to say about the Hispanic community and how to get them loans. I think um, right now. Um, the numbers according to the U.S. Census Bureau, um, whites are at about 75%. Uh, the fastest growing community as far as um, uh, purchasing homes and building wealth is the Hispanic community. And they're at 48%, up to 48 and that's just of this week, did a little uh, research. And... Um, and blacks are at 44%. So in my estimation, and this is a passion of mine, we need to close that gap to get more people into homes. Okay, That should be our passion. That should be our mantra, is to get as many people into homes. Because that's how you build wealth. That's the first uh, stepping stone to building wealth. So Without further ado, I am going to answer questions if I'm asked, but I'm just going to be a fly on the wall on this episode because I am excited at what you guys are going to bring to the table because I know the knowledge is going to be awesome for the community. Thank you for that introduction. Thank you for that introduction. That was you know, a great way to introduce this podcast episode. Um, I wanted to formally, before we get started into sure. answering all those questions, formally introduce you three to the podcast. Um, so, as I, you know, go down the line, would you just say your name, your title, and, you know, some of the things you do here at Fitzgerald Financial Group? So, um, Boris, do you want to go ahead and get started to start us off? Yes. Um, I'm Dolores Chavez. I have been with Fitzgerald um, a few months now, but I have been in the business for 19 years between mortgage and real estate, and I'm currently the uh, mortgage loan coordinator here. Very nice. Um, my name is Wilmer Palacios. I'm a loan officer here. I've been here for about four years, four years, and I've been in the business for more than 15 years. And just love making people's you know, dreams come true, helping them get their homes. My name is Kenya Escobar. I've been a loan officer for 25 years, and I am very excited to be here at Fitzgerald Financial. I've been here for about a year. And I already feel like this is my home. I feel like a big family here. And my passion is to help first-time home buyers. I work a lot doing with the community. I do seminars. I talk to buyers. I help them out. I do a lot of things in, from the start to the fin- to the end of the line. And I'm happy to uh, help other buyers in the future. Wow. Well, thank you all for being here again. Um, it sounds like we have a lot of years of experience between the three of you, so you have a lot of experience and, you know, a lot of credibility to be on today's episode, which is awesome. 
Um, first of all, I want to say thank you for submitting interesting questions among the four of you. You submitted a lot of relevant questions, so it was really hard to pick just a few that may be uh, relevant to relate to the Hispanic community for this podcast episode. Um, but I think we have a, a good little lineup for today, so I'm really excited to go ahead and get started. Um, so, you know, with this episode, I really wanted to focus on the questions you guys have called, kind of, you know, reviewed them a little bit, but just focusing on some of that introductory information regarding getting a mortgage to help people, you know, get their foot in the door to get in contact with you all. Um, so we'll just hop right into the first question that we have today, and um, that is, why continue to rent when you could buy now? What are some of the benefits to buying now versus renting? Um, I'll start. Uh, well, one of the things that I think it's an advantage for people to buy instead of renting is stop throwing your money away. <laughs> um, I think uh, now with these days, we have so many programs out there, uh, and people can take advantage of buying a home. One, because it's going to build equity, um, and then in the future, with that equity, they can do so many things. They can buy another house. Uh, they can help their kids with college uh, or uh, do home improvements if they want to stay in that home. And eventually, one day when the house is paid off, you know, that will be probably their retirement. So I think it's a great advantage to buy a house. Also, they're going to have a tax break in their taxes. Uh, some of the interest is tax deductible. Um, and, you know, that's going to help them um, have more gain in their home. So that's a my belief is the advantage of buying a house instead of renting these days. What I've noticed is that there's some states do not have a law against uh, rent. So there are so many uh, apartment complex increasing the rates. So the renting price is going up. So when you look at it uh, from a point of view of someone who wants to live in a house or live in an apartment, they're now very close to paying what a mortgage is. It's in many, many apartments. They, the cost of the rent price is so high. And when you look at that and you multiply that to a certain number of years, you show the client, hey, this is the time. It's not that worry about the rate, don't worry about the cost. It's, this is the time to do it. Then you kind of guide them to, hey, we can do it if we start working on certain things to get you ready for it in the near future. So I think um, that's the reason why I would always, always emphasize to clients why rent when you can pay it, when you can have your own house. Yeah, for sure. Something that I've always thought of too is that, you know, with that, when you're paying a rent, you're basically paying someone else's mortgage. Someone else's mortgage. Well, exactly. like when you're you're owning, you're mm -hmm. paying your own. You're paying your own. So it's, exactly. that's a great point to bring up. Can I still ask something? Of course. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, like if they buy the first home, you know, they gain equity, maybe buy a bigger home, the second home, or um, keep that home and maybe use the money for their retirement in the future. So, okay, those are all great answers. Um, this next question that I have kind of pertains to really anybody. It's not limited to different communities. It's a common question I see among all buyers. Um, and that kind of relates to credit, and everyone has questions with credit. I know Sherman's had another episode in the past about credit. Um, and that is that people ask, my, does my credit qualify for a mortgage if my credit score is under 600? How would you go about answering that for somebody? Um, well, if your credit is 600, um, at this time, some of the programs don't allow it uh, to be that low. 
Uh, one of the things that we can do uh, to help buyers improve their credit is reestablishing their credit. And what we do here at Fitzgerald Financial is we walk them through the process step by step what to do to improve their credit. Once improving their credit, we'll give them the ability to have uh, access to other programs, first-time home buyers programs, or maybe a different type of um, uh, either conventional or FHA programs uh, or different rates. Um, so improving their credit gives them the opportunity to open other programs for them. And that's what we do. Uh, but at, at that level of 600, unfortunately, it doesn't really open the doors, but we're here to help them improve that credit mm -hmm. score. Yeah, that's a huge benefit of working yes. with our team is that we're here to hold your hand every step of the way. Maybe you don't automatically come in ready to buy, but somebody's here. Correct, to yes, yes. Okay. And that's what we do. I mean, we're here to help them and uh, to guide them how to improve their credit. Not everyone's perfect. A lot of people make mistakes, not because they want to, it's just because they don't know how to actually work their credit. Uh, but we're here to help them step by step to improve that credit score. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. One of the uh, issues or one of the problems we face is that uh, most of the immigrants um, lack of that knowledge of how to work, how to finances, how to credit, how it works, how it can, it can impact their living life you know, in terms of financing, in terms of savings, in terms of retirement. So teaching them how to how FICOs work, how the three bureaus, and how they can fix it, how can they maintain it, how can they build it, is something that we do, something that here at Fitzgerald is something that we, we it's, our, it's our first stone in building a house and in, in taking care of their credit. So we guide them, we help them in, in terms of making sure they understand what they need to do. And fixing uh, a credit is something that we do every day. And 600 credit score, it's something that we can tell a client, hey, let, we're just work it. We will never say no. We will always greet them and we, we love and everything, make them part of a family in terms of we have to help them fix it. As our brother, as a sister, a sister with their father, a son, or a nephew, someone that we need to. So in terms of the FICO, to, do not put it as a, uh, as a negative factor. When somebody's thinking, hey, should I get a house when my, my credit's so low? No, it's not. We should, 600, it shouldn't be a reason why to stop thinking about a dream of getting your own house. Um, I agree with them too. So I think uh, the goal um, is um, to educate the community about credit too. Um, so having a 600 credit doesn't mean no, you won't have an approval, you won't be able to buy a house. Yes, you can. Um, you know, the first step will be reach out to a loan officer review the application, review the credits, and they will guide you step by step to, to increase the score that we need for the approval. Um, the reason being is because some um, families here want, or our applicants, want to have a strong credit because they haven't been in the U.S. for many years. Some of these um, you know, applicants or borrowers have been here less than five years, and they have a dream, they, 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 the dream of home ownership, mm -hmm. and we can educate them to get um, the score that we need um, to be homeowners. So it is doable. Very nice. So you all had mentioned um, in your answers that at Fitzgerald Financial, you we all offer um, helping someone build their credit up. Do you usually have like a good point of like, you know, where to
words start when you tell somebody that? You know, is there like something that you frequently use or maybe someone's coming in a little bit kind of knowing that their credit's not the best? Um, what can they do to kind of prepare a little bit and have their items prepared for you to help them build that? Do you have an answer to that? Yes, yeah, so here uh, are uh, the company that we use for to pull the credit uh, has a credit simulator. And that simulator tells us uh, what the borrower needs to do to improve the credit. Um, once we follow the simulator, it's pretty much, I, I, I can't say 100%, but I would say about 90% that it will work as long as the borrower does exactly what they need to do and they don't do other things that they should be doing. Um, but yes, um, normally the simulator will let us know uh, what uh, the borrower needs to do to improve that score. So we have to um, work with them to make sure that they follow those steps. Um, kind of with credit, something else people tend to ask is about work permits. And I'm sure you potentially may hear this question a lot as well. Um, how would you answer the question if someone asks you how they could purchase a house or if they could purchase a house with a work permit? Uh, well, work permit, I mean, it's authority from the United States for someone to be able to work and live and um, be able to acquire credit here in the United States. So that doesn't um, eliminate them from that portion purchasing a house. Um, um, yeah, okay. Um, so ha um, if someone has work permit, uh, is eligible to purchase a house uh, the same way they can have credit, uh, purchase cars, uh, be able to work in the United States. So ha buying a house is something that they can do with a work permit. Uh, there are many c categories of work permits, so that is something that we have to look uh, case by case. But yes, they can purchase a house with a work permit. The key there was that there are different categories of work permits. And once you uh, narrow it down, then there's other people that will feel, well, I don't have that work permit. Mm -hmm. I have this work permit. Maybe that eliminates me. And I think it's important that we look at everyone on a case-by-case -case basis because what might look to be uh, unachievable, suddenly when we do a little bit of homework and we do our due diligence, we find out, hey, we could, we could make this work because that's what we do here. Right, we that's what we I do did. our research, 100%. we do our homework, and we talk to compliance, and we figure out how to make the loan instead of saying no. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I was going yeah. with if there were, like, not specific case-by-case, case, but, right. like, success stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm sure you've all well, they have, experienced they have a lot of success stories, stories in that regard. Well, I read the reviews all the right, time, which right. is amazing. Everyone's got, like, it's fives all the time, but so it's just, you know... Interesting to hear, like, yeah, you have the authority, right. you have the knowledge, but there's also success, success stories. But I think there's something to that. Could you give us a success well, story on someone that applied? Here's why I want to say, and I'm not saying okay. that it will be a little bit of different, because once you have a, I wanted to come out and say, once you have a work permit, you're are authorized to work, you're authorized to stay in the United States, and you have the ability to have your own home. Sure. But at the same time, when she broke out the different cases, it depends on the visa. It depends right. on the, if it's asylum, if it's a TPS, if it's a um, 
DACA, DACA it mm -hmm. changes the dynamic. Right. So when you said it, when you said it was it's the best because if you put you, if you put yourself in front of a client and the client comes and brings it to you, you have to do the work and find out what it is the permit that you can actually work right. with it. Right. Right. So the the answer is don't let them be afraid that the permit uh, will stop them. The answer is to let them. You know, yeah, let them come in and then we can verify see what we are. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Do you have anything to add? Um, what I will say is we welcome everyone sure. to apply so that right. we can review um, their application, their status, and to review their case by case. But we welcome everyone. We want everyone to apply and then right. we'll review, we'll sit down and go over their we'll and the see what's case. what. Yes. That was the perfect answer, I think, mm -hmm. for right. to sum it up. Yeah. We all had great feelings. Yeah. Answers to that question. And they were short too. The way to right. end it, that was like a perfect way to. Beautiful. Love it. Beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> so, into our next question, and I know that um, in the next month's episode, this is kind of like a prequel to that, um, with down payment assistance programs. Um, I want to talk about it more. It's something that, you know, again, applies to everybody. It's, you know, super beneficial. Um, are there down payment system programs available and where could somebody learn, go to learn more about them? Is, oh, <laughs> I was going to say in Spanish. Uh, yes, we do have down payment assistance for first time home buyers, but also not only for first time home buyers, we also have people that have had a home before but they currently don't have a home now. So uh, there's different types of programs, but we have them available. And uh, as a first-time home buyer, uh, depending what state they're in, uh, either the state of Maryland or DC, Virginia, or nationwide, we have many programs. So what we do here, Fitzgerald Financial, is what we try to butler each person depending where they live or where they're going to purchase and to see which program will benefit them more. Um, and that's exactly what we do here. Uh, and we walk them through the process. Um, we give them the guidance, uh, uh, a class. Uh, we also have different websites, different um, home buyer educations where they can also get additional, additional information about all these pro programs. Awesome. Uh, yes, we do have first time buying programs. Uh, we have in levels of federal government, federal grants, state programs, city, city, um, for example, we have the Greenbelt program from Maryland. So we do have a, different programs that can help. It all depends on where uh, you're looking to buy. And we, our job is to find you the best program that will fit, fit your needs, that will basically give you the edge that you want, that you deserve. So yes, we are here and we have down payment assistance program for first-time buyers and also repeat buyers. Here at Fitzgerald, we are committed to the uh, community. We educate. Um, I can give an example. About two weeks ago, I was part of a home buyer seminar uh, together with Wilmer. So we go out to the community, educate them. Um, you know, we it's free service, and if they want to come here too and set up like a one-on-one -on -one meeting to go over their case, and we go, um, you know, step by step. Um, so that we can reach the goal together. That's awesome. So kind of take a step back. Um, we had talked about the you know people asking about getting a home under a work permit. Um, do you well for one? Do you ever have people who are self-employed? Um, and two, so kind of again with one of the questions we had submitted that you get asked frequently, 
is do you do loans for self-employed borrowers who do not have one year of self-employment income? Uh, we normally require a two-year history of employment, either they're self-employed or W-2 uh, uh, employment. Uh, so we can't do just with one year, uh, but we can educate them that what to do for the following year. Um, but we do require a two-year history of employment for every borrower um, to have. For someone who owns a business, um, it's required a two-year uh, self-employed uh, history. Uh, the reason why is because the investors want to know that that business that you're having is a solid business. It's a business that will expand and will continue to work and maintain uh, profitability. And once they find out, once they once you have two years of employment history, it makes uh, makes the transaction less risky. So that's the reason why we need two years of history. Uh, unfortunately, one year is it, it's not something that we can uh, vouch that we can we get approved just because it, it's required. Uh, I went to with the guideline. I got you. Uh, I got you. I, I'll answer that. Yeah. I went into too much guidelines. Sorry. No, no. It's okay. Glory. Okay. So with um, self-employed, the reason that you have to have two years uh, is simple, that you can't show a track record with just one year. We need to have a two-year window to develop a track record, to show your business is thriving and you're going to be able to afford this. Now, self-employed is such a tricky avenue for most lenders. At Fitzgerald Financial, we can show you exactly what needs to be done. We can set you on the path, even if you're not ready to do um, a purchase a home right now, but maybe you need another year, another six months. We'll require a proof and uh, a profit and loss statement, along with two-year tax returns, and we'll go over the tax returns and so forth. It's important that you have the two years, and it is developed by your accountant. So it's really important that we take a look at what kind of paperwork you have based on your previous years, and we will show you exactly where you need to be going forward. A lot of people just write it off because the tax preparer told them, hey, just write this off, you're going to get money back. But the important thing is home ownership, and you can't purchase a home without showing that you have the ability to pay it back and you are making that money. We know you're making the money. A lot of people make the money because, you know, the write-offs, well, they're keeping the money. You know, it's Uncle Sam. You want to keep the money and you want to get that check from Uncle Sam. However, the most important thing is that you show Uncle Sam you have the ability to purchase a home and you need the lender. So it's... it's it's difficult at times, but it's easy for us because we'll actually sit down with you and mentor you through um, the journey. Right, and I think that that's a common theme among you know a lot of things that we do as a local lender is that you have someone, and we touched on this in an earlier question, is that we're here yes. to hold your hand. Right. No matter the situation, no matter the right. circumstance, 
we're here. We're not just gonna and, uh, yeah. give you high and dry. So and with really so many immigrants, and it's not relative to immigrants, blacks, whites have the same issue with tax returns. It just demands demands of the borrower to not to slow down on the write-offs and to get your correct tax returns for two years. And if they know this, just like before you guys had said, you know, it's all about education. If they're educated about their tax returns, their most self-employed owners, um, particularly Hispanic, could afford the houses. The problem is they just can't show it on paper. So they have to be educated to let them know, hey, your accountant needs to do this, this, and this. And yes, you'll pay a little bit more money uh, at the end of the year, but you'll be able to purchase a home. You're showing that you have the capacity, capacity to, to purchase, purchase a home, correct. Uh, it's a kind of a, I know you will edit some, but it's a kind of a tricky sure. question because at the moment you're putting this question out there, you are kind of telling people, oh, we don't have two years. We're not even going to bother and talk to people. Right, correct. Mm -hmm. But it, it, that's where the education, education piece comes up. So it's like it's very important that you have the conversation so that you could go forward and you know how to go into the next year. Mm -hmm. All right? And, you know, husband and wife, you know we're preparing for buying a home. So we have to set money aside to pay mm -hmm. in case we have to pay back at the end of the year. But, you know, they don't know that if they don't come in and sit down or if they get turned away. They have to have someone that's going to believe in them and say, hey, no, you'll be fine, but you just have to do a little bit better job with your accountant of writing it off and show it at the end of the year. I'm going to only ask one more just because I think this one is yeah. super relevant and we're going, I usually stick with five questions and obviously I went way more than five for this one. Um, but I feel like since this episode will also contain Spanish, it's important to touch on it. Um, are the disclo disclosures and documents available in Spanish? Uh, no, unfortunately, uh, all the disclosures uh, are not available in Spanish. Um, I don't think uh, HUD or uh, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac has had uh, the capacity to be able to translate them all yet. Um, I think it's something that is coming in the future. I think it's needed in the community for us to have those disclosures in Spanish. I know that most some most of the borrowers, uh, you know, they speak, but they don't know how to write or read. So I think they feel more comfortable with reading or, or speaking with someone uh, that speaks Spanish and to be able to explain it to them. Uh, but unfortunately, we don't have them in Spanish, but we'd love to have them in but you know what we do have are three brilliant Spanish-speaking loan officers that will lead them to the water so they could drink the water. In other words, you know, it's a problem filling it out, but it won't be a problem because you'll be actually doing it and helping them get through the journey. And that, I believe, just my opinion, Fitzgerald Financial Group uh, Town Bank has the best Spanish-speaking loan officers that really care about their people, about the folks that they're seeing in front of them, and they could take them on a journey with the compassion needed to get them through to home ownership. So I know before we keep going down the panel, I do want to ask though, since it's not 
how are you, and you can all answer, how do you overcome that, and how do you help your borrowers? I know we talk about guiding them, and you all do an excellent job of guiding them, you know, every step of the way, but how do you personally ensure that everyone's able to understand? Uh, well, from my uh, years of experience, uh, when I sit down with the borrower, uh, and even though we, we have a lot of millennials now, uh, everything's technology, we still sit down with the borrower. I mean, we still have that face-to-face -face conversation. People want to be there, they want to touch you, they want you to explain it to them. They, I mean, they want to hear it from you. They want to know you're a, you're a live person and not you're a person over the phone. So that's what we do for our community, especially as Spanish loan officer. Uh, we pretty much have to translate line by line with the borrowers. I mean, when we're doing disclosures, we're flipping pages and we're literally almost giving them a brief of each page. Um, so that is something that we do for the community um, and we're proud to do it. I am happy to have them feel comfortable with me uh, and that I'm here, you know, helping them and that they're understanding what they're doing. I mean, that this is a big investment for them. So I want them to understand and all their questions are answered uh, and not asked after closing. So I'm, I take the time. I'm, I mean, we're there from morning to night, weekends, anytime, holidays, where we always take the time to be with the bar if that's needed. So we definitely take that very proud and very seriously. Um, I'm, as an immigrant, I know that coming to a country and doing financial transactions and as a limited language barrier, having a language that with the limited capacity, it, it comes up as scary. It becomes a, a, a very dark uh, world for them when it comes to financing. And what I do, what works for me is print the disclosures and go over them from page one all the way to the 89th page. It takes me an hour or 30 minutes, but the re the benefit that you get is, is humongous. You just no, I have no idea how much it makes things clear for them when you go over the application, when you go over the loan estimate, when you go over the state disclosures, HUD disclosures, Fitzgerald disclosures, town bank disclosures, when you go over them and then you give them a copy so they can take home. And they, if they have any questions or anything, they come back and revisit the conversation and they have it in front of their hands. So it makes them a very um, comfortable at that point, for the point, and the level of trust has increased. And at that moment, they feel like everything is going the right direction and they're, they, they feel that they're in good hands. At, at that moment, they, they can ask questions, they can text in the middle of the night, they can feel like you're family to them because you were very open from the beginning and you treat them with the same respect that you treat a family member. And it has worked for me and it takes time because when you see, when you have a few transactions that have seven units a month or eight units a month, it takes time to sit down, but I do with most of them. Mm -hmm. And that has worked for me a lot. And I, and I don't think that's something that I want to stop doing mm -hmm. because by the moment I would sit with them, I, I get to learn from them more and more and more. And not only that, you gain more referrals. Yes, so um, building the relationship and the trust, um, I can tell you from experience, most of the immigrants, and not only our culture, but they want to do business face-to-face. -face. Yeah. They don't even want to give you information to pull credit over the phone. 
they want to see you before they give you the social. So sometimes we have to meet with clients mm -hmm. before you know completing the pre-approval process. And that's a way of us engaging and building relationship and trust. And then once you're past that, and you know, yes, we don't have the Spanish disclosures, but we take the time to sit down and explain. It's just explaining the uh, mortgage terminology, you know, it's yeah. big. And this is, for some of these borrowers, it's the biggest investment of their lives. Maybe some of us will buy two, three homes, you know, in our lifetime, but for sure. some of our borrowers, it's just one transaction in their entire life. So we do take the time, uh, we guide them by hand um, to go over the information so they can trust us and, you know, we provide good service so that we can build the reputation and, you know, hoping that we get their referrals. Well, that is all that I have. I just want to say thank you again for joining us today for this episode. I think it's not only going to benefit the Spanish-speaking community, but really anybody who may not have understood or, you know, these questions you know, or what you do, I think it could apply and be applicable to anybody, whether it be um, the audience, people you work with, people you're friends with, I think it's a great, it's going to be a great episode, so I just thank you again for joining us. Um, I will make sure that all of your contact information is listed in the show notes, so that as we send it out, if people listen to it, they will be routed back to someone yeah. that they can trust with this topic. Um, but before we head off, Sure, you want to sign us off? Um, no, I, I yeah, well, yes, I do, actually. Uh, I couldn't be more prouder and thankful for you guys participating. I think this is great for Fitzgerald Financial and Town Bank. I think it's great for the community. I think it's also great for you guys individually. I think the audience and the company and the community at large gets to see three top-notch Spanish-speaking loan officer that just lives and breathes everything about Hispanic heritage the way it should be. And I'm so proud to be sitting at this table with you guys. So thank you again, all of you, for coming in and giving a little bit of yourself like you give every day to the community. Appreciate all of you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you sir. Thanks for counting on us thank you. and picking us. Thank you. We're, we're we appreciate the, yeah. the opportunity to sit in a platform where we can go to so many homes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I definitely. think that's the most important thing is to, uh, anytime you could educate the mass, um, and particularly in a subject matter like this, it's just overwhelming. Thank you again. This has been another episode of Sherman Speaks. We will see you next time. Take care.